that talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome to Buckeye Talk. We finally have some resolution for the fall football season or or maybe just reiterating what we already knew about the fall football season in a lot of ways. I'm Nathan Baird from cleveland.com. I'm here with Doug Maurice. We are doing a late third or uh, it'll, you'll get it early Thursday morning, recording it late Wednesday night after the Big Ten released uh, an open letter from uh, the Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren kind of further explaining himself after a, a week of criticism, frankly, since the Big Ten ended or decided to cancel the fall seasons, including football. Um, I don't know that the ultimate answer, the ultimate letter that came out today is going to placate a lot of people or or satisfy a lot of what people were looking for. Uh, it did include more details, but I think, uh, or I already know, I'm already hearing it from people at Ohio State, that they're, some of the same frustrations that they started the day with, they're ending the day with the same frustrations, um, and in some cases, even more. I mean, it's better than nothing, but barely. I don't know. You feed a, a starving man, uh, 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 you know, a Burger King, uh, a Burger King Junior Whopper. <laughs> we you are know, back to Burger King again. <laughs> he's not with a gonna... coupon, with a, a Junior Whopper with a coupon. I'm starving. I want answers. Well, I, I got this coupon for a two for one Junior Whopper. Do you want a Junior Whopper? I'll take it. I mean, I don't. It's. I mean, the stuff they did on. Wednesday, eight days later, is what should have come out with the initial announcement. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, okay, now they're, now they're only eight days behind because now the right. thing they put out eight days later reads like a document that you would send out with the announcement. And now he's doing the circuit. And, uh, yeah, to be fair, we didn't officially ask him to be on Buckeye Talk. I'll email the Big Ten tomorrow and ask him to be on Buckeye Talk. But he's talking to, you know, the people that he knows in the media. And they're good reporters, but I don't. I mean, I don't know. Give me. I'd like a crack at them. So, uh, um, bad. I don't know. It's 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 over. I I'm relieved that that it's over, and we can get into that. But it's over. The the nonsense of the past eight days, and the lack of communication, opened the door for nonsense, and the circus came to town, my friends. And a lot of people listening to this know exactly what I'm talking about because some of you texted it at us. And it's like, hey, guys, hey, guys, hey. And it's okay. You can send us anything. For $3.99 a month, I'm not, I'm not saying it. I mean, you can't tweet me stuff. If you tweet me this stuff, I'd rip you. Guys, I don't, I don't know if I should believe this guy. I've never heard of him. He doesn't use his real name. He's not a journalist. He has no connections to anyone. But he said this. Okay. So, yeah, I'm glad that's over. Yeah, well, in some ways that never ends. It just moves on to the next time something happens. But how much do we want to delve into the speculation that was out there involving Ohio State's potential push for playing more fall football? You know, Gene Smith was already on the record saying, we're not playing this fall. We're, we're sticking with the Big Ten. We're trying to get something done for the spring and winter. So – there's reporting out there, I guess, essentially saying that that was all a smokescreen and he was trying to still pull something off behind the scenes. Um, that was the kind of stuff that people were sending us in text, wondering if that's something that they should put any credence in. I was highly, highly skeptical of it. We didn't do, uh, we didn't report on those reports uh, as we sometimes do because I, I couldn't really trace any validity to those things. Um, but it, it, it would have, to me, created um, 
as much as much divisiveness as there is right now in the Big Ten, or as much of a, of a fracture as there might be, at least from the outside looking in at the Big Ten right now, I think that would have created a, a whole nother level of mess if teams had really pursued that. Yeah, and that's why. Listen, I don't, I don't know a hundred percent of what's going on, right? I mean, that's the whole point. I don't know. I sure. don't know a hundred percent of what's going on. I, I will tell you that it is complicated and that Ohio state doesn't have interest in like tearing the big 10 apart as much as fans might revel in that at the moment. And I get fans being mad. I mean, of course you guys should be mad. They've opened the door for angry. The frustration, frustration leads to anger, right? I mean, if you have a kid and the kid has a question and you ignore their question for, I don't know, eight days, then they're going to get really mad. If you try to answer their question, then you can, if they don't agree with you, you can appease people a little bit. I'm not, I'm not saying that they were dealing with kids, but I mean, frustration leads to anger. So um, Ohio State doesn't want to tear apart the Big Ten. Uh, and they don't believe that in the end, that's in the best interest of Ohio State long term. So I think it, it, it's how far do you believe that maybe you can push it as a school without tearing the Big Ten apart? So, you know, whatever. It's Jeff Snook wrote on Facebook. That's what it is. Jeff Snook wrote on Facebook that a source told him that Gene Smith was trying to engineer a 10-game schedule. Um, that – I don't know that that's true. I have, I have not heard that firsthand at all. But I would say that that – in that scenario, anything like that would only be done, I think, from the Ohio State perspective if it, if it felt like there was still some cooperation, believe it or not, on that, right? I mean, the idea of, of tearing down your conference over this, and, it, and to some degree it would have, um, is not how Ohio State operates. And the proof in that is, is how they've operated for the last 16 years that Gene Smith's been the athletic director and, and before that. So – I don't know. I mean, I don't want to like back into a conversation that it's not based on our reporting. Some of our listeners know what we're talking about here, but I'm glad it's over. I mean, like they're not playing this fall. I'm not saying I'm glad they're not playing this fall. I think it's reasonable they're not playing this fall, but I'm glad that the circus is over because I don't think the circus serves anybody. Well, let's talk about what we do know. The Ohio State parents had sent a letter I should say the Parents Association. I know that there are some parents who have more involvement with this group than others, but the, the parents, the, the, the Players' Parents Association for Ohio State, I'm forgetting the exact acronym right now, um, sent a letter to, to Kevin Warren last week and outlining some, I don't know if you'd call them demands, but certainly requests, and maybe you could call them demands, uh, of things that they wanted to see resolved. Um, it called for the reinstatement of the 10-game season in the fall, it called for um, a discussion with players, parents, and coaches. It called for, for the sake of more transparency, it called for just a lot of things that I think in general fans had also wanted to in terms of communication and uh, detail. And there was no response from the Big Ten as of whatever time that came out today. So as of like five o'clock today, Eastern time, you really still had no response from the big 10. I had been checking with Ohio state parents during the day today to see 
what they had heard and they had not heard anything. So this response, this kind of off, you know, indirect response was all they got from, from Warren. And, and there were other schools that had gotten involved too. So I, I guess maybe he couldn't, <laughs> I understand he's not sending a, writing out a heartfelt personalized letter, I guess, to every fan base, but none of really what that group was looking for came to fruition from the big 10 response today. And I'm, I'm, we, we obviously, we got a lot of questions. Every time I sent out an update, um, it was pretty much a, uh, a launch on Kevin Warren uh, response from our texters and from, and from people on Twitter. And I'm, this is really, as you said, it, it didn't really advance the, the narrative at all from the big 10 standpoint. You're there's still a week behind in terms of dealing with this from a public standpoint. I, I still say today would have been the better day to have spent the last week coming up with a real plan for the winter, put that forward first, get out in front of that and then deal with the repercussions of the other stuff. And now you have people still waiting around for a, this winter resolution that they're already not going to be happy with, but I, I, Go ahead. I think there's a question in there. What are we talking about? This parents' letter was sent like five days ago, and the response today from the Big Ten sucked. So yeah, oh yeah, the Big Ten still is sucking at this. Yes, that is that is correct. They didn't answer anything. This was the deadline the parents set. The parents said we want to hear something by today, and then the thing, you know, it didn't didn't really. I mean, it didn't really explain in depth the medical data they cited. It didn't, it didn't say what the vote was. So yeah, they didn't get it, which is why Randy Wade said the protest is continuing on Friday. I just, just to double check, I think, I think I double checked. I think Randy Wade did 76 more interviews on, uh, on Thursday. <laughs> and Randy might be listening to this. I love Randy. And actually I owe Randy a text. I bought a car on Wednesday. I tried to have, I, I tried to have a little bit of a life. Uh, I bought a used car because my daughter stole my car and I've been stranded for a month. So I bought a used car and that took my day up, and I didn't I, – Randy, I apologize. I didn't get back to you. That's my bad. Um, but Randy Wade's not stopping the fight. Randy Wade's not satiated by the statement. What was an open letter? An open I'm letter on to the bit. Big Ten community. I'm working on a bit. I filmed some videos in my backyard because the communication angles on this whole thing – I would like to have like a YouTube video about a tweet, about a text message, about a podcast, about a statement, about an anonymous quote, about an open letter, because this whole thing is such a cluster. Um, I don't even under, I don't even recognize the business that I'm in half the time. And I certainly don't recognize the strategy that the big Ted had. Uh, what are we doing here? What's the point of this podcast? Are we, I don't even know. It's like, we want to look forward, but what are we looking forward to? But we are slamming the door on no fall, right? And then even Gene Smith put out a statement after the Big Ten said, that's it. And like somehow there was a sentence in the Gene Smith statement that was like, what? Is he cracking the door on some kind of fall competition? And then it was like, we double checked with Ohio State. It was like, no, no, no. They're not playing football in the fall. So, I mean, even the finality was confusing to some degree. So I don't, I don't know, man. It's been a heck of an eight days. I know the people listening to this are, are frustrated as heck, but now we have to see what's next. And the January plan is what's next. And there's a lot of people talking about that, but they had to get to this. They've handled this so badly. The news today is them recanceling the thing they canceled eight days ago. That's honest to God is the news today. Right. It's like, yeah, they explained it like 23% more. But the reason they had to re-explain it in part is because they left a gaping wound that was filled by YouTubers 
saying that there might be football this fall. I recorded a two-minute rant at the end of the Wednesday podcast about be careful who you listen to, sources, you never know what's going to happen. And then as I was processing it late Wednesday night, there was stuff happening and I'm like, man, there might be a 2% chance they play. And then I'm going to have a rant on the record about like these people who I'm telling you don't trust them and what if they turn out to be right. So I cut out the rant to cover my own butt because you are allowed to edit podcasts. That's not cheating. It just, we never do it. So I'm telling you now, this is my rant now. Yeah, we do. <laughs> if you texted me about Sir Yacht, please learn from this. Please learn from this. And we didn't, at Buckeye Talk, we didn't throw out, well, you know, a person who's tangentially connected to nothing said there's a 16% chance of maybe something happening. The reporting world of, you don't have to report anymore what's going to happen. You can just report what might be happening. And then if it doesn't happen, you can say, well, it doesn't mean it wasn't happening. Yeah, but did it happen? Well, I didn't say it was going to happen. I said it was happening. So I'm not wrong. So I don't know. I'm out. I'm working at Best Buy. I don't know. I probably can't work at Best Buy. I can't sell stuff. Nobody wants to buy stuff from me. I don't know where I'm. I'm, I'm just going to be, I'm going to dog sit. I think your 23% estimation on the details was probably correct. There was more medical information. It was essentially, though, from my estimation, it looked like it was pretty much just cut and pasted from what the Pac-12 had put out last week when they were making their own announcement. And again, that Pac-12 hasn't dealt with anywhere near the kind of rancor within their ranks that the Big Ten has since making its announcement. Not that people weren't disappointed there, too, but just the frustrations haven't been there. Um, so that detail was in there. The other detail that was in there, though, was that – um, Kevin Warren did use the phrase, did use the word vote as the decision-making mechanism that canceled the season. That's obviously something else that had really been up in the air. It was further up in the air on Wednesday after Michigan State's president gave an interview saying kind of the same uh, vague things that uh, Minnesota's president had said uh, recently and that uh, Penn State's AD had said yesterday about, well, it wasn't really a vote. It was more of a consensus that we came to. Kevin Warren said vote. And I know that there's people out there really wrapped up in that more than I am. I just think that that's interesting that it, there's still that conflict really within the Big Ten, that there's people who are in the meeting, in the room, the virtual room, who don't know if there was a vote, and Kevin Warren is insisting that there was a vote. It's just another example. And in a vacuum in itself, I don't know that it means that much, but it's to me another example of how even a week later they're still kind of botching the message here. This does not bode well for November 3rd. If we cannot even agree what a vote is, I'm worried. Please don't let well, the Big Ten before. anywhere near the presidential <laughs> election because I don't know what the, the outcome is going to be. We're not going to have any president. What is a vote? This is now the definition of what a vote is. It's like, are you, are you raising your hand, Maryland? Maryland, is your hand up? My hand is like two-thirds up. Is it a vote? Well, it's not a vote, but... You know what I'm thinking, right? Do you know what I'm thinking, Kevin? I think I know what you're thinking. And if we're thinking the same thing, then your vote doesn't have to. Be. Instead of calling for yays and nays, it's just like, could we have some nods in my general direction? Over Zoom. Here's a Zoom nod. <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, um, my Zoom froze. Oh, the vote, was, uh, the vote was nine to four and one frozen Zoom video. 
It's so stupid. And they're doing it to themselves. It's not even us. Sometimes like we force them into saying dumb things. These are that this is there's, there's only 14 people who voted and one person who oversaw it. And those 15 people can't even agree on whether if there was a vote or not. I don't. Well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't play call. I don't know. It's ridiculous. I'm so frustrated. I want it to be over. But the sad part of it is there's two sad parts. One is this really matters to people. And like the process, I love process stuff. The process doesn't matter. It's the outcome that matters. The outcome is that people who want football this fall aren't going to get it. Players, fans, coaches, parents, right? That's really unfortunate. Yep. And, and the, other, uh, the other unfortunate part of this is I think the decision to not play in the fall is defensible. And the Big Ten has so botched the argument, there's a pandemic out there. I mean, safety and health and, and wellness matters. And, and we're so far from that discussion right now. And there is a defensible side. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but if you think that there's no way, there's no argument for it, I mean, that's wrong. Of course there's an argument for it. Um, you don't have to agree with it, but the fact that the Big Ten abdicated the responsibility of making its own argument is just incredibly frustrating for everybody involved. And even the people, you don't even know what you're disagreeing with, right? I mean, that's the thing. The people who want to play, they want, a, they want an explanation of why they're not playing. It's like you don't even know what you're fighting against because you're just fighting against no. Yeah, but why not? No, just no. It's just really sad. Really sad. I'm very, I'm all over the place. I'm just very, um, the last eight days have sucked for the people listening to this. And it's not fair. It's not fair. Nathan and I and Steven, we make our living off you guys caring about this stuff. And it just felt like the Big Ten, not that they didn't care about the Big Ten or didn't care about, but they just, they, they, they didn't care about, they didn't care about the feelings. I think there's a lot of feelings here, right? They didn't care about the feelings of the people involved. This is really tough. And there's empathy that's part of this and that wasn't conveyed. And um, it's just such a disappointing thing because it, when in times like this with what COVID-19 has done to people's lives, you need, you need extra amounts of that, not less of it. And the big 10 failed. We need to talk about what's going to come next. Cause there are some things that come next out of this and we need to explore. One thing I wanted to talk about to kind of put a nail in today's news, though, is all along we've talked about how the the fact that there's three conferences that have not decided to cancel football yet or postpone football, as, as Kevin Warren insists on calling it, um, has somewhat framed the narrative that the Big Ten is dealing with now. And one aspect of that is that Kevin Warren's own son is a football player at Mississippi State. And that's what I think people are, are really upset with right now. Or one of the things that people are really upset with right now is that there gets to be a different decision-making process for, I think his name is Powers, Powers Warren, than there is for the rest of these athletes in the Big Ten. Um, I, as you might expect, have a, an unpopular, what will probably be an unpopular opinion about that, which is this, um, as I said before, Kevin Warren doesn't unilaterally make this decision. It's made by the presidents and commissioners and chancellors in the Big Ten. On top of that, his son's an adult. 
And I suppose if he, if I don't know what their family dynamics are, I, I assume Kevin Warren could forbid him to play and he, maybe he would follow suit, but we have to stop talking about these people like they're sophomores in high school and they need permission slips for everything. These are adults. His, his league is playing. And if he chooses to go play, I don't know that, again, I don't know what Kevin Warren gets to um, demand and command him not to do. It's, I'm sure it's something, it sounds like something they've talked about as a family. But I, again, I, I'm not as wrapped up in the hypocrisy of this. I know why people perceive it as hypocrisy, but I don't, I don't think that that's a fair way to look at it. I don't know how you feel about that, Doug, but I, I feel like that's a little bit of an unfair characterization of this. I think you can disagree with the characterization. I'm not sure that it's unfair for people to try to do it. Um, we'll read the quote. Again, he's talking to some people. He's not talking to us. Nicole Auerbach in The Athletic, and this is behind a paywall, so I'm just going to read a quote. And you can go subscribe to The Athletic to get the full story because I, I guess he's, it, it's behind a paywall and he didn't talk to us. As a family, so she asked him this. And she had tweeted that I asked, she asked him specifically about his son playing in the SEC. Quote, as a family, we've had many difficult discussions regarding this issue, but the decisions we make in the Big Ten Conference, we have to look at from a macro level. We need to focus on what's right for our nearly 10,000 student athletes at 14 institutions. So that's an answer. It's not really an answer. And I don't know. I wasn't there for the interview, as we've mentioned. The follow-up to that is, but do you understand why people might view this as hypocritical? That you're saying your family had discussions and made a family decision, and you're denying Big Ten families the same opportunity to have that discussion and make a family decision. Do you understand why that might be viewed as hypocritical? That's a fair follow-up, right? That's a fair yes. follow-up. Yes, yes. And then I don't know if pressed on it, and maybe he said this elsewhere, and then – but. Kevin, would you feel better? Do you think the conference that your son plays in should cancel football for the fall? That's really that's, – that's kind of the overriding question. So, and I, he's explaining how it's different. It's like, well, I'm not the father of everybody in the Big Ten. It's like, we get it. But I, I just – that's not a completely satisfactory – he just, like, restated the parameters of the question. He didn't actually answer it. Yeah. Why, is, why is it okay for your son to play and Big Ten players can't play? Well, we discussed it, and it's a different situation. Yes, I realize that. Those, are two, those two facts are, are we agreed to. You discussed it, so stipulated. It's different to make a family decision and a decision as a commissioner, so stipulated. But why is, it, why is your son playing? Because – the information that Kevin Warren, and again, this is where you and I, I guess, differ on some stuff. Kevin Warren has influence in the room. And if Kevin Warren in that room said, you know what? I think I feel safe enough for my own son to play. I mean, people do this stuff all the time. This is how politicians operate. It's one of the things that drives me the most nuts about politicians. It actually drives me nuts when politicians change their mind based on their family. So maybe this is hypocritical, but if you can call me, you can call me hypocritical to my face. Send me a text message. I'm here for it. But it happens all the time where a politician holds an issue and then the issue happens in their family and then they're like, oh, I changed my mind because now it happened to me. Now I care about it. And it's like, I would rather you say, I don't care about it ever, whether it's in my family or not. At least that's consistent. So 
I almost, I, I, I don't know, but, but, but my point is right. The whole people ask Barack Obama, like, would you let your, would, if you had a son, would you let him play football? People frame all kinds of macro situations with micro questions all the time. So the idea, if Kevin Warren didn't have a son who was a college football player, people would ask him, Kevin Warren, if you had a son who was a college football player, would you be comfortable with him playing football this fall? He would be asked that, but it's not imaginary. It's true. And if, if a president, here's where I, okay, I'm, let me add him. Let me add him. <laughs> if a president asked Kevin Warren in the meeting, Kevin, you're a father here. I, I'm torn on whether I think we should delay and wait a couple weeks or whether we should decide to cancel for the fall now. You're a father. Your son is more precious to you than anything on this earth. Would you be comfortable with him playing college football right now? Is your family going to let him continue playing in the SEC? And Kevin Warren's answer on a micro level would factor into the macro discussion. I guarantee it because it happens all the time. And if he said, yeah, I would be comfortable, then what is your argument? Then what is your argument? for saying that it should be canceled. So if your point is, well, it's not his call, it's the 14th. If somebody asked him that question in the room, that would change the room. And we know, we don't know the vote or if there was a vote or we don't know what a vote is. But I can almost guarantee if Kevin Warren had given that answer in the room, it would have affected the vote. Do you agree with that? Do you agree with I that do. Idea? I do, but I also think that if he, if he was asked that question this time, and he said, actually, I wish the SEC would make the same decision and cancel. So my family wasn't dealing with this decision, but they haven't. And it's my son's call. I don't think that necessarily that that doesn't interrupt then the Big Ten, the decision the Big Ten has to make. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's also a reasonable answer to that question. Do you think he should say my son wants to play? I disagree. I'm worried about him. The evidence that I've been presented in my very exclusive role as Big Ten commissioner has led me to believe that I think the risk is too great. I wish my son wouldn't play, but it's not my decision. It's his decision. I think that, that? that I think that's an, that's, well, I was about to say, I think that's an answer that a lot of fans would want him to hear that they want that kind of candor. But I also think that maybe puts his son in a tough position. Um, Although again, his son's an adult and maybe this is just kind of part of the package that, that, that comes with when you take over, a um, when you take over a, a, as commissioner of a league when your son is a, an athlete these these issues you never are going to expect a pandemic but this is how it unfolded so I don't know maybe that would be fair I think it is a little bit maybe too personal but and I think it's one of those things where I also am at the point too where anything they said today I don't know I don't know what he could have said today on a lot of these topics that would have made people feel better just because it had been so long and if the, if the ultimate answer was they weren't going to play football this fall, they're not even going to try, then a lot of people are going to shut him off at that point anyway. I disagree. He had a million ways to make up for this, and they didn't do a good enough job today. I, we don't need to run over it. I mean, I, but, I mean you, can always, you can always make up. You can always admit mistakes. And I think he had some quote to Pete Thamel, like, perhaps I was my, uh, my thingamajiggy wasn't quite as clear. I don't know. Speak like a human. I don't know. Come on, Buckeye talk. I will we'll make say- you feel like a human. Buckeye talk will make you seem like a human. Well, come on and we'll talk about how Dunkin' Donuts are better than Krispy Kreme and how Starbucks coffee is overrated. We can, we can hit all the greatest hits. 
Um, as someone who I, who has been characterized as some kind of a Kevin Warren defender, I will say this, having now watched this unfold to the end of this chapter. I think what frustrates me the most as just someone who observes college sports and then has to report on it too, because you are asking for candor from these people. Sometimes you're asking from humanity and transparency. And um, I want to read this quote real quick. This is, this came, this is a quote from mid-March. I came across this today for a piece that I uh, wrote for our site that nobody read. Uh, he's really student athlete centric, which I think you all know is one of my focuses. He also has a law degree. His ability to think in that linear way is so helpful. He guided us through discussions, kept us focused, allowed us to vet different parts of the issues in the right way. For me, it was excellent the way he moved us along and helped us get to a consensus. That was a quote from Gene Smith about Kevin Warren and how they, he handled the NCAA tournament cancellation, Big Ten tournament cancellation, everything, the full shutdown that happened in mid-March. That was Gene Smith pointing out why he thought Kevin Warren, who had just been on the job for weeks at that point, right? I mean, had just started, um, was, was still even very, very new in his position at that point, and kind of praising the job he had done. And I, I'm not saying that Gene wasn't being sincere at that point. I don't know what he would say about him now. We're going to get a chance, hopefully, to ask him that very soon. But I would say that my impression of Warren after all this, you brought up a really good analogy with the politician. This seemed, I think there's times when someone is a lawyer, has a law background, and it's an asset to the organization that they're running. And here I thought, I, I feel the opposite. I feel like it has come across as being very phony, uh, coming across as a politician. I know that there's politics at play here, but it, he's come across with a lot of political speak, a lot of, um, a lot of words that say nothing. I think that's what's frustrating people the most. I don't think they're feeling a lot of sincerity. I don't think they're feeling a lot of um, connection to um, the, I don't know how well he's reading the room in a lot of these circumstances and it's feeling a little bit robotic. And I think, uh, I know that this was a tough circumstance, but he's got to find a way, I think, to win that back a little bit. I think, I, I've, I've seen other people suggest this. And again, I, you should know by now, most of the things I think I steal from other people especially YouTube people. I think maybe he thought that they were going to cancel and everybody else was going to cancel right after him. And then the big 10 would be the leader. And then the question, which could would still be getting, happen, which still could happen, but it just not on the time frame for them. Right. Yet. And I think maybe he anticipated that like the next question he would get is Kevin. How can it be that after only eight months on the job, you have led college football through the darkness and through this pandemic and emerged as the guiding light of this sport? And instead, the question was, what happened? Why did you do this? Because the other three conferences didn't fall in line. And, and John Talty, who uh, writes for our sister site at AL.com and covers the SEC and does a really good job there, wrote a big story about a doctor from the Mayo Clinic who spoke to the Big 12 and sort of said, I think you can try. I think you can play. I think you can try. And the Big 12 was on the fence, and the Big 12 decided, let's just keep trying for now. And there are a lot of people that believe if the Big 12 had canceled, the ACC would have followed the Big 12, and then it would have been the SEC by itself. What? The SEC is going to play a one-conference season? They, they either would have had to follow along, or they would have been an outlier. You know, maybe some people still would have said, how come the Big Ten's not the one conference that's playing? But if it was that close – Oh, I think it would have changed the narrative completely. completely. That, that, people would not have been saying that. They would have been saying, can you believe these lunatics in, in Alabama yeah. and Mississippi well, are playing no, football? I mean, 
there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of people who think people should be playing football. There's a lot of people in the South in Ohio listening to this podcast. There's a lot of people that think everybody should be playing football right now. So I don't know that it would have been. I'm saying I'm not saying a bunch of lunatics, but it wouldn't have been. How could the Big Ten do this? Because the MAC had already gone, and I don't think they should follow the MAC. But it's not like other conferences have done it. Um, haven't done it. They weren't the first. They were the first Power Five. But I think if the Big Twelve and the ACC would have followed, Kevin Warren would have been cast as a leader instead of uh, whatever he's Legend. cast at now. And yeah, uh, there's only two choices in the Big Ten: you're one or the other. <laughs> Nathan Baird, are you a legend or a leader? Well, there's a fine line between legendary and infamous, right? There is. Wait for it. In, wait for it, famous. So I just don't know that he was prepared for that. But again, okay, if like two days in, nobody's followed you, that or one conference has what the others haven't, then you've got to adjust. And I can't remember. I did some interview today. Okay, I get it. I get it. You botched the first 24 hours, even the first 48 hours. I don't know how many hours there are in eight days. I'm not going to do the math in my head. 188, 184, 184, I think. That's a long, that's a lot of hours to keep botching. So it's just like what they're doing now, they should have done by last Friday. You know, when they realized, okay, people aren't following along. So what do we do? Now we got to sell it. Now we got to sell it. And they were just too, too slow to adapt. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. We're probably done looking back, right? I mean, at, at some point, well, they're, not say, it, they're not playing. They're not playing. They're not playing. They're not playing. But there, it does affect what comes next. So... Schedule wise, before How long are we going, you want to take a break? Jam a commercial. Yeah, okay. Let's take a quick break, and we're going to talk about what's coming up next because some some things were happening earlier in the day Wednesday that were pointing towards what might come next. So stick with us through this break. It's Buckeye Talk. We're back on Buckeye Talk, and we've already kind of wrapped up what happened today with the the, the final decision from the Big Ten. We want to talk about what's coming next, and and one of those things was already sort of brewing. Wednesday morning, um, we saw the the, the comments ye- um, yesterday from from Penn State's AD saying that they she thought that the the Big Ten schedule format might be coming out in about a week. Wisconsin, uh, Jeff Petrakis, who covers Wisconsin for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, reported that there was a a briefing, I guess he called it, of Wisconsin parents about this plan of a. January, a season that will start in January. It'll incorporate indoor sites, at least for part of the time. And that that was something that was picking up some steam in the Big Ten. And obviously that's kind of what Ryan Day had floated, a version of what Ryan Day floated within the first hours of – Version? What's diff- What's one thing different? I don't remember Ryan? Ryan Day. I don't remember Ryan Day talking about indoor sites. I could be wrong. But as far as like the January start and, and, the, and, the, and that sort of condensed window – it, it is what Ryan Day had, had put out there. And then also on Wednesday, I guess earlier on Wednesday, um, Penn State coach James Franklin had said, had, had, had expressed his own preference for starting a season in January, saying that that was starting it earlier or, or later in the winter, however you want to say that, was better than the spring. And so that's two pretty influential football programs within the Big Ten now attaching themselves to what Ohio State had already stated a preference for. That, to me, seemed like significant movement towards that possibly being the direction that the Big Ten takes. And there's also some other intel out there from reporters in the Big Ten 
saying that they, you know their their people are telling them that that is what is right now the the preference. There is there's some presidential support for it, and certainly some athletic director coach level support for that being the outcome that the Big Ten gets to, or that, that that's the next plan that they put out. Where's Rutgers on it? Do we know if Rutgers is on board? Can we get Rutgers on the phone? You cannot get Rutgers on the phone because they're all quarantined right now. What's the, uh, what's the area code for New Jersey? Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, are we surprised, right? This is the deal, right? I mean, this is – we think this is what Ohio State has, has said they've wanted, and we've gone over it a lot. So, yeah. I mean, the point is the January plan marches ahead, and I would imagine that in the next – several days we're going to have something publicly presented um and that it's going to be the january plan something that i was thinking about today uh, i think this is in a broader topic of what comes next we talked a couple weeks ago or maybe it was, i guess it was kind of seems like a couple weeks ago but i guess it's just been within the last week about ohio state's place in the big 10 and how much it throws its weight around and and what that why it doesn't and, and what that means and i was thinking today in 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 contrast to sort of the whatever you want to say that Kevin Warren exhibited through this process, does that open the door for Ohio State to have more of a uh, – to throw its weight around more, to take more of a central role in the Big Ten and steer things the way it wants it to go more? Do they kind of fill the void that people feel is in the Big Ten right now in terms of leadership and direction, and is that a good thing for the Big Ten? Like in what? In the January plan? I think yes. Well, I think general, just in, I, I think but no. I think I think this is right. I think this is just one step in that direction. I don't think it's something that Gene Smith wants. Gene Smith's also not gonna be the athletic director forever at Ohio State. And I'm just curious, like if if, if the Big Ten central command is not as strong as it was under Jim Delaney, who who had a a, a lot of authority and a lot of for lack of a better term, I guess, respect from the rest of the league, if that's absent and someone needs to fill it. Ohio State's the natural program, the natural entity that fills it, I think, from, from within the members. And I, I think that could be a dangerous thing for the league as a whole if that happens. I know that there are Ohio State fans who think that that would be the appropriate thing or, the, or what would work out for them best. I, I'm, I, I worry for the, for the sake of the Big Ten that that could be the next step. But, like, what, what issues? Like, what's the, like, how would it apply? That's the thing. It's like, well, what's going to come up where, the, where there's going to be a next big crisis for the big 10 so i mean i think january plan i think it might be like kev we got this here's ryan's plan this is what we're going to do we're going to get everybody on board you don't have to worry about coming up with a big 10 plan because the ryan day plan is going to be the big 10 plan got it good but then like i don't know what the next thing's going to be i mean gene smith doesn't want to be in charge of the big 10 but i I was talking to uh somebody the other day who has been around this stuff um and they were telling a story that whenever Jim Delaney came to campus, um, he always wanted to meet with the president because it's like he knows the ADs. He deals with the ADs all the time. He knows the coaches, but he wants to make sure that he has the relationship with the president. So if he's on your campus, that's, that's what he wants to do. He doesn't want to just like go hang out with Gene and, and you know, go to a football game. Um, and I just don't know. I mean, Kevin Warren needs to shore up his relationship with the presidents and the presidents need to shore up their relationships with him because this was a cluster and they don't know each other very well. They didn't communicate very well on this. They didn't work together very well because they didn't come to a, a unanimous decision. 
And so they have to get that figured out. And like, if they can't get that figured out, then maybe they need a new commissioner. Now I'm not saying that that, but like they have to get that figured out. The presidents and Kevin Warren have to figure out their relationships with each other. So, you know, I don't know. Like what else is the big 10? Like what else, what comes next? I don't know. I mean, they have a TV network. They make a boatload of money, but for instance, okay. I don't know. I don't know anymore. I can't remember exactly where we are on name, image, and likeness. Right. But I know Ohio State has opinions on that. And I'm sure now as you get to places, Ohio State's opinion on name, image, and likeness and the Big Ten's final opinion on that and perhaps how it will be implemented in the Big Ten once the NCAA fin- you know, finalizes stuff there. Yeah, I think, I think Ohio State will be in Kevin Warren's ear on that. And they might remind him, hey, remember how we could have blown the league up, but we didn't? Yeah, anyway, this is what we think about name, image, and likeness. So, yeah. I do think on those, those issues coming down the pike, um, but Kevin Warren is also going to realize it. That's the one thing about – there's a lot of people – again, the people who want Ohio State to throw their weight around all the time and potentially tear the league apart in the process, and I'm not going to do the Texas analogy anymore because you guys know it by now. But sometimes the fact that you have the weight is enough. The threat of, well, they could throw it around at any moment. Watch out. They could throw it. Don't let them. So, it, I mean, there just is. Just give them that there. look. Yeah. That, like, look from across the room. Like, do you really want to do that? Yeah. So, I mean, Christina Johnson's new. She starts on Monday, right? So, I mean, she and Kevin Warren have to develop their relationship. But I, I'm going to tell you that when you read that quote from Gene Smith from March, I'm sure I would imagine that Gene Smith actually thought that and actually believed it. But he also sure as heck made sure he said it publicly, both to say Kevin Warren, hey, 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 don't forget who's got your back, but also just to have his back because it's good for the Big Ten to prop up its commissioner and make its commissioner look good. So Gene's been around a long time. So, you know, I mean, we've debated this a lot. I I think people... People sometimes want big, the Big Ten, the, want Ohio State to throw its weight around so much that it that it it's like a bull in a china shop, and then you look around and everything's destroyed. I, there's a guy I follow on Twitter who's from Cleveland, who works in sports. He tweeted out on Wednesday that he had a glass, a kitchen table that was glass, and overnight it spontaneously combusted, and they woke up and glass shards. The table had exploded. And he had a video and glass shards were everywhere. So I don't know. I don't want to walk around on glass shards. So you can't destroy the house that you live in. <laughs> I never heard he didn't that. destroy he it. Said, it just blew up on its own. <laughs> he said that happens sometimes with glass tables that they spontaneously combust. And I didn't know that. And also my table's made of wood. So I don't know. Could a wood table spontaneously combust? I hope not. It happens with um, like Pyrex, like casserole dishes, baking dishes. And that's not spontaneous. You're obviously it's in the oven, but some of them will just shatter. We had it happen. Uh, we were making brownies uh, last year, and it happened. And like as soon as this happened, like the sound, we had never experienced it before. But as soon as it happened, my now wife was like, "Oh, I know what just happened." She goes in. It's just a big heaping mess of chocolate and glass. Did you still eat it? No, you couldn't. It was. It was inedible. It was like a bunch of shards of glass mixed in with your brownie batter. You just eat around the glass. You just put it in your mouth and you feel around with your tongue of the, of the, piece, of, of the piece of glass there. And you spit it out and eat the chocolate. Come on, Baird. 
this is what this is what you taught yourself being a child of the eighties, um, going out trick or treating and, and worrying about like the glass and the razor blades that were supposedly hiding in our in our Halloween candy back then. I definitely reached points on Halloween night where I was like, I don't care if there's a razor blade in this peanut butter cup, I'm eating it. I'm I'll, I'll eat yeah. A chocolate covered razor blade, just throw it in my mouth. You got you, everybody's gonna die of something. Do you, um, find, do you find now that everything you bring up is an analogy for college football <laughs> in the age of COVID? It's like, well, if you were willing to eat a razor, if you ate a peanut butter cup that might have a razor blade in it, why won't you play football? But see, that's the thing. Like these, this younger generation, they didn't grow up on the razor blades in the, the candy bars. And I'm They've not, been coddled. They've been coddled. I'm not making light of anyone who actually did have a razor blade. It didn't really ever happen. I think too. I think it was like a, it was one of those urban legend kind of things. I'm sure we're going to get texts from someone whose brother lost a tongue, but um, I'm pretty sure it was mostly an urban legend. What of the things that are coming up next, like what, what's foremost in your mind after the January plan. And now obviously there's some Ohio state players are going to have some decisions to make. I wrote today, you know, Justin Fields was on good morning America this morning. He got the question from Michael Strahan asking him, are you going to play in the spring? And Justin was like, well, I'm not really thinking about that right now. It was the diplomatic answer, but I, I think even if it's a January scenario, I know Ryan day wants that for guys who have these NFL decisions to maybe give them more of a chance to play. But I think these guys do have some tough decisions coming up, even if it's a January scenario. I, I think the, um, I think you need every specific on the table. It's the exact schedule. It's the exact postseason, right? Is there really going to be a Rose Bowl in the Rose Bowl against the Pac-12 champ? Is that set in stone? Is the AP going to vote on it? Are the polls going to try to somehow merge the seasons at all? Will there be any acknowledgement of like this, the, the, the winter champion from this season? I think the specifics matter. And again, a lot of this is kind of made up because again, it's not an NCAA championship college football has determined its own champion its own way and so the Pac-12 and the Big Ten are have to are going to have to get together on this and they are going to be fighting the JV argument but the more good players that play the more legitimate the season will feel like in the winter the more legitimate the season feels like the more good players will play so right now, you have to present something that is a season, not a schedule. You can't just roll out, here's eight games. You roll out, here's what our winter season looks like. Big 10, Pac-12, by the way, if anything goes wrong in the next month, we welcome anybody else who wants to come along, right? We are going to have another season. BYU, you know, I don't know what you're going to do, but like it has to be cohesive and comprehensive and it's got to be presented in whole because there's no point in presenting it piecemeal because you can blow it up later, right? If, if, if you're not good, if by December you don't feel good about it, then you're going to blow it up anyway. But what you need to present now is something that gets people excited, that gets Wyatt Davis and Chris Olave and Justin Fields and all the other good players in the Big Ten who haven't opted out yet, like the Michigan offensive tackle opted out, their best NFL prospect opted out. I don't know, right? And I don't know that anybody would opt back in. I mean, opting out isn't an actual – I mean, I guess, they, I guess they signed with an agent. I guess they're done. Right, that's, that's, the, that's the problem there. They may have committed what would be NCAA violations after opting out. So, but I don't know, you know, so I'm just saying, but 
But if you're Justin Fields, you need to be persuaded. But again, I mean, Ryan Day, I'm sure, has been keeping Justin Fields, Justin Fields abreast of what this looks like. Uh, to me, I mean, uh, for real, the January plan is the Justin Fields plan. Ryan Day yeah. does not want to be done with Justin Fields. And no offense to Wyatt Davis and Josh Myers and Chris Olave and Sean Wade and everybody else, all the other NFL-bound Buckeyes. This is the Justin Fields plan. So you know who knows all about the Justin Fields plan? Justin Fields. Yep. So what else? What, what else is, is on your mind as far as how this is going to unfold here in the next couple of weeks? Just, just getting that out quickly and fighting back against any kind of JV designation. And I know from our tech subscribers, 614-350-3315, join the party. You know, a lot of people don't see it as legitimate. And I get it, but you have to sell them. I mean, I think it is, I think it is significantly better than nothing. And, and the thing that is hard to wrap your head around is for, let's say there's, let's say there's roughly what? 14 Big Ten teams, give or take? For 10 of them, for sure, this is no different because they don't have any national championship aspirations in the fall. So it's like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Maryland can't win the national title. What are we going to do? It doesn't matter. So only Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Wisconsin even entertain it. And... Michigan, Wisconsin, and Penn State haven't actually shown it. So only Ohio State, I get it. It's great to go to the Peach Bowl and play Tulane or whatever when they – I get it. Those bowls are cool. But it's not the end of the world if you don't get to go to one. You'll get to go to one another day. Only Ohio State is missing out on something gigantic if they don't get to take part in the college football playoff. So it's going to be the toughest stretch for Ohio State fans to – put some legitimacy on a January, February season, but yet the whole point of the January, February season is to legitimize Ohio state as much as possible. So the guys don't leave. So here's your choices. A full normal season with all your dudes and a shot at a title that's out. Well, it's not completely out because maybe everybody will bag it for the fall and everybody will play in January. But at the moment that seems out. Option two is, a pretty normal full season with your dudes. And option three is, oh, there's four options. Option three is a season with most of your dudes gone. You know, Zach Harrison will be there because he can't leave. But a lot of your best guys are gone. And option four is no season. So you can either hang on to option one so tight that, that whether, option, whether it's option two, three, or four, it all sucks to you. Or you can accept that option one is gone and that option two is so much better than options three or four. I would get on that bandwagon. I know you're sad. Take a couple more days to be sad. Prepare yourself for by the time it comes out publicly, prepare yourself to embrace the January plan. Because I think the gap between, believe it or not, I think the gap between plan two and plan three and four is greater than the gap between plan two and plan one. That I think the gap between a full season with all your favorite players on the field, that is, that is more good or less more good or full compared to nothing than a fall season winning a national championship is better than a season with all your guys. You know what I mean? So I get it. 
but don't let perfect be the enemy of good. No, good be the enemy of perfect. Ah, shoot. Perfect the enemy of good. Yeah. Don't let perfect be the enemy of good. Yep. Uh, just get ready to just get ready to settle. Buckeye talk. That <laughs> that you're the one who wants to make a list. I don't know if that that might be the leader in the clubhouse. Just get it might ready be the one seed. So it might be the one seed. And and, and text us six one four three five zero three three one five. Text us if you disagree. But I'm pretty firmly on the idea of this. Something is quite a bit better than nothing. And it's, I mean, it's, it's not the same as the fall, right? I mean, nobody's going to claim that, but it's, I don't think it's a different species, you know? Because no. no, I think what, I think your analogy is, is a good one. And I think, um, I, but I do also understand why Nick Saban says, I understand why he, he says spring would be JV too. Why does I he say these, that? Because these are guys who spend their, they're every day, 365 days a year. It's about compiling the talent. I mean, I'm sure there's other reasons why he says it too, but I mean, it's 365 days a year. You're compiling the best talent in the country to go out there and, and go out and compete against the other best talent in the country or overwhelm everybody else. And to then go out next spring with this, um, with, with 20% of your roster or whatever, just lopped off the top and it's all the best guys. I understand why as a competitor, he feels like that's something less and he feels like he, they, they're kind of going out there and playing it. But that's the argument against the spring. That's not the argument against the winter. The reason he's saying no, it no, no, is because yeah, it's self, it's self-serving and it's a shot at the big 10 and it makes the, there's that too. Win. But I think he was talking specifically more about the spring than the winter. Yeah. So jam it up his butthole and play in the winter. I don't <laughs> well, care. No, I'm saying, I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying that the winter is, I'm saying the winter isn't that far off of what, the fall is in a lot of ways. Now it, it's a, the big difference is whatever they have for a postseason. I didn't really mean to say jam it up your butthole. I didn't even say that should be a t-shirt slogan. <laughs> That's too crass for us, but the postseason, <laughs> listen, listen, it's crass. Post- I don't know if it's too crass for us. <laughs> we'll know it when we see it. It's right. It's in the ballpark of correct crassness. People love the Rose bowl, right? I don't know. I mean, people, people love the Rose bowl. And again, to, I mean, well, it brings back it, – it becomes the most meaningful Rose Bowl involving the Big Ten and the Pac-12 since. Here's a, here's a riddle. What do 2012, 2013, 2015, 2017, 2018, and 2020 Ohio State seasons have in common? They all featured great Ohio State teams that aren't going to play in the playoff. Hmm. So, so like, I get it. I get that you're aiming for 14 and 16 and 19. I get it. That's also, that's, and I get, we, th- we all picked them to win the national championship. I mean, I get it. I get it. But, but also let's not pretend that a season that doesn't end in a playoff berth for Ohio State is like worthless because I can show you all the great worthless seasons that Ohio State football has had. So I'm here to get you on board on behalf of the January plan. The planuary. I'm here. I'm here for it. I'm, you know, I texted Ryan day to day to ask him how the January plan is going. And I'll tell you right now, I'll tell you what he said. That's what he said. He didn't, he didn't text me back. So I, I don't know. He didn't, he didn't get back to me. I was like, hey, how's the plan? Silence. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to try to curry favor. I'm just here to tell you what I think. 
And if I loved Ohio State football, like the people listening to this podcast love Ohio State football, I would, I would be sad about this for a little bit more, and then I would get behind a January plan and, and cross your fingers that it includes Justin Fields. That was the one aspect of the report that, we, that you mentioned uh, from, from last night that I thought was maybe the most misleading in some ways. Like I had a hard time believing that Ryan Day is like apoplectic about things. I know he's disappointed. I know how much he believes in this team, but he had that January plan ready to go from the moment that they canceled the season last week. I think a lot of this, these, the, 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 the wheels of this have been turning for a while. I don't think he had any notions that there was no chance that they would get into a season and then have it get canceled or that they would even get a chance to start the season. I think he knew that that was a possibility all along. And I think he's been playing this pretty smartly. I don't this this concept of him like being over in the corner in the fetal position, weeping because it, they're going to miss a shot at, at a playoff team, especially considering they know what's coming behind them for for years. Um, I, I, that was the one part of that report that I, I guess I I found the most questionable. So let, so let me I don't know I don't know I don't have a take on that. But 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 let me ask you this. So let's put a number on it. Maybe we can have our tech subscribers. Maybe we'll send them a text and ask them this. Let's say that a fall season, let's say that a normal fall season, okay, this is a seven-part question. A normal fall season with a chance to play for a national title is a 10. What then is this fall season? Say the Big Ten and Pac-12 had not canceled yet. What would that be compared to a 10? What would a, a, a winter season be compared to a 10? What would a spring season be compared to a 10? Because I don't think a fall season, that even, even that had all five teams in a pandemic, I don't think that's a 10. Because you're still worried. You're still cautious. You're still taking precautions. There's not full stadiums. You're anticipating maybe some games being postponed. You already lost the Oregon game, right? It already wasn't going to be a 10. So I think it's not, a, like a 7 at best. In the fall. Yeah, because, again, okay. just, just not having fans alone. You're not making any – no non-conference games. You're not getting these games like Ohio State, Oregon. Um, like you say, just kind of the, 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 the hovering whatever of, of, of the threat of COVID over all or some of the season. Um, yeah, nothing, I just in, think, nothing in life is a 10 right now. Right, right, right. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I think a 7 would be like the ceiling on, on the kind of season you're describing for the fall. Okay, so if, if the fall is a seven, so then what's winter football? A five? If it's just the if it's just those two conferences, then yeah. yeah. With a I rose bowl? A five, yeah. But I don't I don't think it's a two. That's my no. point. And, and I, I think, think the spring might be. Might be like a two or a one almost. Like a like a what are we doing? What's the point other than desperate TV revenue and letting the guys who are here play because it's better than nothing i think it would be barely a step over better than nothing but a 10 to a 7 a 7 to a 5 a 5 to a 2 i think that might be about right and the winner might even be a five and a half i don't know i mean so that's like that's all i'm saying let's not just don't forget that no matter what alabama's doing in the sec it's not a 10 it's not a 10 right i mean they're not going to play usc and they're, they're not going to have full stadiums and they're, they're going to have this hovering. I'm not saying that there's not going to be the virus hovering over January either. But as I've said a million times, if those conferences play in the fall, the Big Ten's going to gather data about how to operate without having to put their own guys at risk. Fair point. 
I think that wraps it up for today. Another eventful day in the Big Ten, and then we'll see. Now it's kind of just, you know, waiting for the Big Ten resolution on the schedule and waiting, I guess, for just some individual decisions that Ohio State players have to make here in the coming weeks. So we will keep coming at you on Buckeye Talk every day. Get on the text, 614-350-3315. Doug, you just but, hopped back up to the mic like you have something else so, to say. But, but we can – like, we're done treading water. We've talked about that a lot in right. the last week of, like – we weren't going to record a podcast to put up Thursday morning if there wasn't something new to talk about. And then the Kevin Warren statement came out and the Gene Smith statement came out. So there is stuff to talk about. But we were out until until there was recanceled, right? Until there was a final final. Until that email came. We, we, didn't, we weren't going to talk about it anymore because talking about other stuff was stupid and we were out of things to say in the rumor mill. We weren't going to just talk about it. So this... We don't have to, on text, on this podcast, we don't have to wonder anymore, well, what if, what if, what if, what if? Now it's a thousand percent not for the fall. We're going to start preparing ourselves on the podcast and our coverage. What are we going to do this fall to fill the gap? And we're going to start thinking about this January plan, assuming that it comes out pretty soon. So I think it'll be good for all of us. The uncertainty has been the worst part. I think... I mean, it was bad. It was bad for, for, I mean, maybe it's not the worst, but the worst part is, is football being canceled for the people who love football, for the listeners to this podcast. But then stretching it out like this was just a lot of false hope. And should I have hope? I mean, it's been, people have been jerked around a little bit. So at least it's, uh, this is like with an onion ring, this is a shark bite and no more will that raw onion be pulled out of the batter and dangling in your mouth. Finally, this is the shark bite that will let you move back to your burger. That's a callback to yesterday's podcast for those of you who are day behind. <laughs> Go back and listen to the long Wednesday pod and, and all of that will make sense or, or, or maybe not. But uh, that wraps us up for today. Come back tomorrow. We will have an altogether new topic to delve into with Ohio State football. But that was Buckeye Talk. Buckeye Talk.